0: This is the Purpose Church Podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. I'm so glad you guys are at church today. Isn't God good? Somebody say amen. Now, I feel like we done did preach, so we could just go home right now, but, you know, I'm still going to preach. All right, so let's... Let's get into week three of greater things. Somebody say greater things. Greater things. Say greater things. greater things. It's not good things, it's greater things. It's greater things. And God has greater things in store for this church. We just announced one of them. Um, it was even just about five weeks ago, when, when I, or no, eight weeks ago, um, before we saw that property and sent it to Maureen, I was just telling God in my truck, because that's where I yell at the Lord, is in my pickup when I'm driving around, when I'm upset. I just drive around so no one can hear me. Um, and, and I was driving around, I was like, God, if we don't get out of this portability situation, you've got to figure this out for us. And that was the day I saw that piece of land. Um, and, and I think that um, God, God is okay with us um, asking for greater things. In fact, the Bible says that we're supposed to ask God for greater things, and we're up, uh, we're, we're, we're up for that, because I know that God is faithful. He's always come through. Somebody say amen to that. He's always come through. Uh, week number one, we talked about we're not a good church. We're not a good church. We talked about what a great church is. We talked about the biblical foundation of a great church is found in the great commission. It's not the good commission. It's the great commission in Matthew 28. And that means we are to make disciples, not simply, who remembers? Believers. It says, go into all of the world and make disciples. And so we are all about that, helping people. Yes, you've got to become a believer first to become a disciple, but not just stopping there, but bringing forward what Paul says in the New Testament, bringing forward people to maturity. Week two, we talked about the blood-bought church. That was last Sunday. That good is about you doing your best, but great is receiving God's best, which was Jesus Christ and his blood That covers the sins in your life, past, present, and future. His son, Jesus Christ, the sacrifice on the cross. We talk through what the blood of Jesus does for us here and now, and that we are the ecclesia, the called out ones. We're going to mention that again today. And today we're going to continue this thought process with the message entitled, The Mobilized Church. Everybody say, The Mobilized Church. church. Come on, let's pray. Put your hands over your heart. Father, open up this heart right now. Open up this mind. And Lord, would all the distractions and things of the week uh, be set aside in this moment for us to receive the Word of God? For it does not return void, and it will do miracles in our life if we allow it. In Jesus' name. If you believe it and receive it, say amen. Amen. Now look upon the screen. Everybody say this with me out loud. Ready? One, two, ready, read. The The gooder. Say, the local church is the hope of the world. Now say it greater than that. That was gooder. Say it greater than that. One, two, ready, read. The local church is the hope of the world. The local church as God designed it is the hope of the world. Let me read this to you. The local church as God designed it is uniquely able to be an incubator of human flourishing that addresses the deep needs within a community. Now notice nowhere in this state and bigger and louder It says it's an incubator of human flourishing. That means it cares about people more than anything and that we know about the needs of our community. And so we believe that we as a church are called to find these needs within a community and do something about it. One way this happens is by addressing the deep lack. Now, this might sound a little teachy, but one way we do this is by addressing the deep lack of social capital in our communities, in our HOAs, in our schools. Let me explain. This is the vital network of relationships that connect us as people. Look what J.D. Vance says, this current society is the most pessimistic and socially isolated of any group in American history. And this is why small groups are a very big deal to us. We don't do small groups because churches have small groups. We prayed about it a lot before we opened the church. Do we want to have small groups? It was a hard sell for me because I am a Sunday school lover. So it was a hard sell for Landon to not have Sunday school, which I believe is kind of making a comeback, by the way. So just hold up a minute. (laughs) However, people need community. And some of the darkest seasons of my life, it was the people around me that got me out. If you missed that last series called Out of the Cave, go back and listen to that two-week mini-series before this one where we talked about how we end up in caves of depression and how do we get out of those caves. And it's usually people around us. Small groups are a big deal. If you're not in one, jump into one. There's still a bunch of them that are open and have availability for you. The local church as God designed it is to be a place where people from radically different backgrounds and radically different places in society the rich, the poor, the well-connected, the not so well-connected, with a variety of occupational sectors and skill sets come together in a community centered around Jesus and his mission in the world. In this room, we've got people from all over the country. We've got people from all different areas and social backgrounds and races, and we all come together and serve one another for the one. Only in the church of Jesus Christ does that happen voluntarily. And it's amazing to see that that happens all around the world. There's just a beauty in that. Local churches are to be places where people who would not otherwise know one another spend time with one another regularly. And the love and the sacrifice that comes in those relationships is there. And they regularly come together to care for, encourage, and serve one another. A great picture of this in the New Testament is found in Acts 16. In this chapter, the author Luke records in this, uh, and that Apostle Paul was bringing the good news of the gospel to the city of Philippi. This account opens up with Paul leading a successful businesswoman named Lydia to Christ. Then he liberates a slave girl, bringing her into the church. And then finally, that account concludes with Paul bringing a blue-collar jail worker to Christ. Now, in this one church community, there's a white-collar businesswoman, a former slave, and a blue-collar public employee. This kind of local church community team starts with the social capital that leads to human flourishing across all lines. Because in our society, they're trying to separate us as much as they can. But in the church, we're like knock all the walls down. We're all beautiful, baby. Just get in and let's serve one another. It's not complicated. Government makes things complicated. Jesus makes things simple. Somebody to when we watch television. Now I think that you and I need to understand we're being duped and lied to when we watch television because the church of Jesus Christ is alive and well, and favor ain't fair, as we just announced up here. There's something that God's up to. There's a revival in his people. And if we're to play a part in his revival, meaning something inside of us welling up to action. You and I got to understand that we are the church and we exist for the world. You don't come to church on Sunday. You are the church. You're just getting together with all your friends who are also the church. It's a mindset shift. It's a paradigm shift. The local church as God designed it is the hope of the world. Because we have Jesus, we've got the ability to help them find their purpose, and we're able to help them simplify life when it's so confusing and dark, we bring light and simplicity to their life. The local church is the hope of the world. The local church is designed to be a place where people can produce character, who practice delayed gratification, who have self-control, who have love for others, who seek the common good, who pursue change at their school, their home, and their workplace. The local church is designed by God to be a catalyst for community change and advancement. Let me read this quote from T. Nelson. Economic systems depend on virtuous people because the systems themselves take on the moral aspect of their participants. Virtuous people make virtuous economies. The spiritual formation of a more virtuous people is an important task that the local church is uniquely empowered and positioned to accomplish. The local church then is not a neutral or even a parasitic actor within a symbiotic economic system, but rather a prime value-added contributor to flourishing economic and social life. Boom! T. Nelson. That, what an amazing quote. No, the church is not just a tax-exempt organization that takes from a city and doesn't give back. No, the reason that societies flourish, you look and see in every city where there, where there are low abortion rates, where there are low dropout rates, where there, the, the literacy rates of children is skyrocketing, where the schools are investing in parents and parents investing in schools. When there's strong communities, there are strong churches. You take the church out, it all takes thanks the local church is the hope of the world when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing we're the hope of the world but if we just build a beautiful facility on five acres and hide in there like the holy frozen chosen we're not the hope of the world because now we're not the local church now we're a local group of people that sing songs may that never be because we're a great church not a good church When we look at these kinds of characters that result, it's because the Holy Spirit does it in people. We have to introduce people to their new best friend and it's the one that Jesus said in the book of Acts, if I don't go away, this brother named the Holy Spirit can't come and you guys need him here. So Jesus came and did what only he could do and then he leaves earth and the Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter two like a violent mighty rushing wind and spiritual gifts happen and people are like, are those guys drunk? Nope, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. And then Peter, the guy who was so ridiculous, who chopped off people's ears and yelled at people and was just volatile, preached an awful five-hour sermon. A kid got so tired, he fell out of a window, broke his neck and died. This is in the Bible. He preached so long, he broke his neck and died. And and Peter's like, dang it, goes down there, get up. And the kid gets up like, what? And everyone's like, oh my God. And then that day, 5,000 people got saved in one day. This is the local church. You're welcome. I'm not preaching five hours. <laughs> Communities saturated with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the fruits of the spirit. Communities saturated with that are marked by these kind of character traits and they, and they can't help but flourish. But you and I see when you log into your HOA Facebook pages how awful people can be. You see the hatred. You see these things at at the store, at, at PTA meetings. You see how on edge and angry people are. What if the local church could help people meet the Holy Spirit, and now they're marked by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, what if your HOA board was full of gentleness and self-control? What if your school administrators were filled with peace and joy and love? Thank God this school has that. It's an amazing thing. The local church, as God designed it, is the hope of the world. Now say it with me out loud again. Say the local church is the hope of the world. Ready, one, two, three. The local church is the hope of the world. Now, let me say this to you. Let's look at this slide, Ecclesia. This phrase carries action with it. This is the Greek word in which we get the word church. Notice it doesn't say three songs, a video, a sermon, and communion. Every church does this differently and that's fine. There are cowboy churches and biker churches and, and acapella churches and rock band churches. There are all kinds of churches, it's fine. But are they doing that? There are all kinds of churches. Are, are we called out? Are we the called out ones? The reason the church is the hope of the world is because she's mobilized. That's what called out means. We're mobilized. We're mobilized. Look at the, the definition of mobilized. It means to assemble and make ready and put into, say it out loud, movement. You're like, I did move. I got my butt to church today. That's not, thank you, but... You're the church in that moment. I know some of you guys coach your kids' sports teams. You're the church in that moment. These kids need you. Some of you are on your PTA boards. Your school needs you. Where are you moving? Where are you mobilized? Because the Lord wants to assemble, he wants to make ready, and he wants to put you into movement. Look at 1st Peter 4:10. As each one has received a special gift, every one of you have received gifts from the Lord at birth. There were things you were just born to do. Some people were born able to play a piano before they could talk. And it's not fair. And some of us were born to sing. Some of us think we are. It's fine. But everybody's got a special gift given. Some of you are so good at administration that you make the world run. That's a gift. Some of you've got a gift of hospitality. When people come to your house, they think they're being treated like royalty. That's a gift. He said, Every one of you received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the multifaceted grace of God. The Passion Translation says, every believer has received grace gifts. So use them to serve. That word grace, the, the word gift is the Greek word charis. That's where we get the word charismatic. It doesn't mean loud, crazy people at church. Charismatics were labeled that way because of the spiritual gifts they'd found and employed them. That's why they got that label placed on them. But if you think about it, when we all discover our gifts, we're all charismatics because you found your gift, your grace gift, your charis, and you're using it to serve other people. It's beautiful. There's no elusive, perfect moment for you to wait for to come to Growth Track. There's no perfect moment. You know, on Sunday afternoons, when I go watch the Dallas Cowboys beat Washington today, when I go home and do that, when won't he do it with a backup quarterback? Come on, Ken. Come on. Ken. And I lay down and I kind of fall asleep third quarter. And then I wake up. I'm like, oh my gosh, we have growth track tonight. Do you think that in that moment, I'm like, growth track. And I jump off the couch and run to the office. No, I'm like, Ow, my back hurts. Okay, let's, let's get this ready. Let's get to growth track. And we get there because we are discovering something. We don't wait on a perfect moment. There's no perfect moment. There's no perfect moment to start coming to church. There's no perfect moment to start discovering your gifts. You know why? Because often people wait for a perfect time to start something, but you can't steer a parked car. Everyone has to have a beginning. So let's not waste precious Time, let's put our hands to the plow together. Once you take this step of faith, God now has something to bless. If you're not doing anything, he has nothing he can bless. But as long as you do nothing, you're not giving him anything that he can prosper. Look at 1 Peter 4.10 again. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another. Let's break this up to end the message today. Look at this slide, each one. It's an all-inclusive word. It means every single person. There are other Greek words that says everybody, or maybe we all could, or let's all have a party, or come and go. There's other Greek words that describe those things, but this Greek word literally says no one is exempt. No one's excluded. It means every one of you were given grace gifts, and if you're like, I'm not talented, you are. Just no one's helped you find it because you might have been sitting on the back row at a church and no one tried to help you. had one person tell me, he goes, it was last Sunday, he goes, I keep coming back, but man, y'all are super friendly. And he goes, I've been hugged five times today. I'm like, well, they should probably dial that down a little bit. I was like, but. (laughs) Handshakes are good, y'all, all right? But the point is, is, We care about every single life, every single person. No one's excluded. Everybody has received a grace gift. If you think you're not gifted, you're wrong. The second word let's look at, it's lambano. It's not a dance. (laughs) It sounds fun though, right? Lambano, received. It means to receive into one's possession and own it. So if you've got this grace gift, this chorus that was given to you in your mother's womb, because Psalms said you were fearfully and wonderfully made the day you were conceived. And those grace gifts were given to you by God that day. It took your mom nine months to cook you, but you came out. And now now those gifts are needing to be discovered and used and developed. And then you have to own it though. Have you ever met somebody with so much talent and they just squander it? We have to own those gifts and make them ours and put them into use. This word means to take hold of tightly to something if it becomes as if it's your own. When it's used in this verse, it says that God is the giver. We're the receivers. Then once we receive this gift, he sees it as our responsibility to discover it, accept it, develop it, and use it. The next one is the word diakoneo, and it means to serve one another. It's the highest level of service, and it's used in classical Greek to denote someone whose primary responsibility was to serve food at tables. And then Jesus took this word because in Greek culture, all the Greeks cared about was self-discovery and self-idolization. And then Jesus came and washed people's feet. He flipped culture on its ear. And when Jesus used this word in the New Testament, they're like, wait, you're using the wrong word, Jesus. Don't tell Jesus that. He said, you're using using the wrong word. He's like, no. I am the one who's to get underneath everyone to lift them up, not talk down to them as the Pharisees and church leaders at that time did. He said, "I'm, I'm coming underneath. I'm the one that's going to serve them. I'm the one, I'm the waiter serving purpose to their table. This was Jesus. He says that we are to meet the needs of those that we're serving. By using this word, Peter alerts us to the fact that God expects us to be passionately committed to using the gifts he's given us. So as the band comes and gets ready to help me at the end of service today, let me ask you, what about you? What about you? Now let's, let's bring it home. What about you? Do you know what your gifts are? Are you using your grace-given gifts to meet the needs of other people? Because there's so much more in store for you than weekend event attendance. So much more in store for you. It's not hard to run Sunday mornings when you have great people that can produce good systems. So you might be surprised at our Tuesday staff meeting, maybe 10 minutes of it, is about the weekend. The rest is all about you, helping you, developing people. I swore I would never pastor a church where we talked about what goes in the announcements and who gets to decide what's in the bulletin. Never. I'm not gonna let the devil take up our staff meeting time with bulletins but we will spend time talking about how do we take people from point A to point B? And what does that look like? In all of their different phases of life, what does that look like? Because there's so much more in store for you than just coming to an elementary school cafeteria on the weekend for 75 minutes and going home. Not that this is unimportant, it's very important. But this is only the beginning for you. So I say to you today as we move into our response time, every single one of you without exception has received grace gifts from God. Discover them and embrace them. Be the mobilized church. Take ownership of them and use them to meet the needs of others. God has entrusted a lot to you by giving you these gifts. He's depending on you to be faithful with this great responsibility. So tonight you can text this word GROW to 210 899 7779, and that's nobody's cell phone, it's the church's general number for texting to register for Growth Track today. Or you can take a, a picture of the QR code, it'll take you right to the form. This, this is not a timeshare presentation. We don't badger you till you join. It's pretty chill, we even give you food. But come and meet the staff, come hang out. There's gonna be some leaders there. You'll get to ask questions. And when you when you come to Growth Track, you're able to discover some of the gifts that you may not have thought you had. And if there if you do think, man, I've got some gifts, it might be confirmed tonight. And it's real easy. You bring your phone. You scan another QR code. I love QR codes. It saves trees and money, and I hate making copies. So you just scan. We take you through all of the a personality assessment, a spiritual gifts assessment. After we learn more about the church, so we learn about the church, and then we learn about you as the church, how it's organized, and how you can be it. That's tonight It's about an hour and 50 minutes Hour 55 minutes From about 5 to 7 o'clock tonight We'd love to hang out with you tonight Register today So we can make sure We got enough raisin canes And sweet tea for you You are the church And you exist for the world Let me say that again You are the church The day you got saved If you're a believer in this room The day you got saved You became the church doesn't mean you were aware of everything that you could do to help someone else's life, but we want to help you with that today. You are the church and you exist for the world. And there's so many people that God wants you to love on and reach. But whatever God has graced you to do in your life, I promise you, I promise you, in eight years of this church, it has never been, un, never been untrue that there is a place for you in the church to use the gifts that God has given you. So if you come tonight and you discover these gifts, you'll join about 170 crazy people who call themselves the Dream Team, who love serving people. The local church is the hope of the world, everybody. And guess what? That's you. Go ahead and stand to your feet this morning. We end our service every Sunday by uh, response time. And it's just about five to seven minutes. You see up here, there's two tables. On those tables are little communion cups and the little self-serve cups. There's a top layer for the little cracker and then there's another layer for the juice. And what we want you to do is respond, this is every Sunday, respond somehow, respond somehow. There's going to be prayer partners down at the front and there's going to be communion tables and then the band is going to lead us in our last song and then I'm gonna come up and end the service. But if you need prayer for anything at all, anything, healing in your body, something going on at home, something at work, something that's going on in you, maybe some depression, anxiety, something you just can't figure out, come and let somebody bring their faith to your situation. Don't leave here today without getting prayer if you need it. And then take communion and remind yourself that you and I deserve help but because of the blood of Jesus, we won't ever go there. Because hell is a place where we pay for our own sin, but we have accepted the truth. I could not pay. Paid a debt he did not owe. And I owed a debt I could not pay. That's what communion is. It's a remembrance of that fact. So Father, we thank you that in this moment, as a prayer team comes down, let's pray. Father, that in this moment, we are able... To lay aside even more thoughts of distractions and God, that even in these moments of prayer, the enemy might be trying to tell us, You're not graced to do this. You don't have any God given gifts. You don't have any talents. We tell him to go back to hell where he came from, and we stand in faith that the word of God is true, that I have been given gifts according to God's grace in 1 Peter 4.10, and that I am going to use them and develop them for the service as the church. Thank you, Lord, for these precious people. And may we never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church Podcast. If God used this message to impact your life, Tell us your story by emailing thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.